Hello, welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And I've kind of gone round and round a bit on what uh, I'm going to talk about this week. And it might well change even as I go through the process of recording. So it could be a little bit fluid. I don't know why. It's just for whatever reason tonight, it, I found it I found it difficult to actually get my head into some kind of sequence and be and be clear on the things that I I wanted to to chat about. But I suppose the only thing to do really is to is to hit go and see what happens. So bearing in mind this is all recorded free flowing, as in unless I cough or what have you going through, I don't change it. Um, by the time you get to the end, or by the time we all get to the end, we'll all know what I'll have talked about, if that makes any kind of sense. Uh, tell you what, let's just have some of that twang guitar and and, uh, and take it from there. <laughs> One of the absolute joys of this little podcasting lark is that um, I don't really know whatever's going to happen next with um, the two shows that I kind of co-host and produce and what have you. Now, obviously, a lot of you listen to one of them, which is the Corona Diaries, um, and some of you listen to the 942, uh, which is the one with Jason of the Guitar Show. And in both instances, I found myself in some very interesting places or well not interesting places because I've always been sat here but I found myself in some very interesting conversations with people who have been in some very interesting places and it kind of happened again uh, today um, even though we all know it's not today because we all know it's Friday but you know what I mean I'll keep up the pretense just for the sake of the uh, the format of the show um, because I was chatting to a guy called Bill Smith now Bill Smith is the guy who located and raised the Bluebird uh, in Coniston Water um, in uh, in the Lake District. And um, this all came about, actually all came about, um, because Marillion wrote a song called Out of This World, and they wrote this song, Bill Smith heard it. Uh, Bill Smith was a, uh, a diver who used to um, go looking for uh, wrecks, um, um, and had created a very clever piece of technology which allowed uh, him and his team to locate wrecks, uh, and they used to locate wrecks and they used to locate bodies as well. And um, and this piece of music then turned Bill onto the whole concept of Bluebird and the whole concept of um, trying to find it. Um, because what Bill explained was, during the winter, that kind of sea work kind, you know, tends to stop. They, they, it's, it's, I mean, seasonal seems the wrong term for something like that, but they tend to do it for a period of time, which I'm, I'm assuming is just down to, you know, conditions of the sea, possibly temperature. I don't know, uh, but for whatever reason, there is a there's, there's a salvage season, um, and um, and obviously with Coniston being uh, an inland. Uh, waterway it's not affected in quite the same way so um he went and it took four years but they finally located um, the wreck of bluebird and they brought 
Bluebird to the surface. And for those of you who haven't got a clue what I'm even talking about in terms of Bluebird, then Bluebird is obviously uh, the craft which broke the um, the, the, the the record, the, the the speed record on water, um, and unfortunately crashed. And uh, the the Donald Campbell, who was um, you know the I suppose it's pilot, uh, unfortunately lost his life during an attempt um, to you know to to break to break that that record um but it was just it kind of a that another one of those bits of my life where I was on a call with somebody who's been in a very special place at a very special time I know there's a lot of stuff about the whole well actually I didn't know actually I didn't know there was a lot of continuing story about Bluebird and and, and what's happened since it was raised we were talking about the background to the day and the day that uh, it was brought to the surface um but it's just an, another one of those those kind of places that that in this case the corona diaries but also I've I've got to with with Jason so I think I mentioned before about um meeting uh, Rick Armstrong Neil Armstrong's son but then at the same time you know being with musicians who've played with some of the greats and been in spaces with some of the greats um, and, and meeting musicians who, you know, Glenn Mallock's a great example as being the original basis with the Sex Pistols. I mean, that's a moment in time. That's a moment where everything changed. And it's, it's I, I kind of still can't get over speaking to those people who have been around moments when the world has has changed um, in some kind of relatively you know, fundamental way, in a way that people, those kind of benchmarks that people put in their lives and say, oh, I remember when. Um, and and Bill felt like a very sort of similar experience to, to some of the others. So it was a privilege to to speak to him today. And, you know, as with this podcasting thing, I've got a clue, I've got a clue where it's going to go next. Tuesday. There's a wonderful line in the thick of it. No, let's start that sentence again. The thick of it is full of wonderful lines, but there's a wonderful line in the thick of it where Malcolm Tucker's talking about um, a minister and he says um, he's so dense that light bends around him. And it's always been one of my favourite lines from the thick of it. And there are some truly incredible lines from the thick of it, but that's just always been one of my favourite. And the reason why I mentioned that, and I probably mentioned that line before, is that it so aptly sums up Nadine Doris, um, our current uh, Minister for um, Digital Culture, Media and Sport. Um, Because the news has broken that the government intend to relinquish, sell off whatever, I don't know if it is sell off, whatever it is, um, Channel 4. So Channel 4 is one of two public service broadcasters in the UK uh, and the difference between Channel 4 and the BBC is how they're funded. The BBC is directly funded through uh, the licence fee. Channel 4 isn't funded by any form of taxation or any or by out of the public coffers. So Channel 4 is owned by the country so therefore is a public service broadcaster but it's a commercial model, so uh, it pays for itself and its output. 
And what's really interesting about Channel 4 is that Channel 4, as part of its brief in terms of the programme it, it brings um, to, you know, to the nation, to the country, but also what it supports in terms of um, the industries it supports, because Channel 4 supports a lot of filmmaking, actually bizarrely in a lot of areas where the government would want to level up. So it does lots of work in the northeast. It does lots of work, um, you know, in parts of the north, and it does a lot in in places like Glasgow. So there's flourishing little sectors of media production based around the requirements of of Channel Four, but Channel Four is not a burden on the exchequer in that respect. So it's the it's the it's the best of all worlds. It's something that we own that does great stuff, but doesn't actually cost us anything. But the government doesn't think, particularly Nadine Doris, doesn't think that it should be owned by the state. Uh, she feels that it's hampering Channel 4's development. And Channel 4 would be better placed, if owned and funded differently, to take on the likes of Netflix and Amazon. Now, there's a huge fundamental flaw in all of this, which is that Channel 4 is not geared or set up to take on the likes of Amazon or uh, Netflix. It's not what it does. It's a, that's a totally different model. And to be fair, the funding behind those organisations, if you think about the money behind Netflix, Amazon, say Disney, who are producing content themselves, the funding is it's different level, stratospheric different level. It's not, it's not, it's not what... Channel 4 would ever be in a position to do. And of course, you have to question whether the infrastructure would even be there within the UK to produce the kind of shows that you would need to compete with those kind of people. The problem with all of this is, well, there's a couple of problems. One, that she she sat in front of a select committee this week and didn't really understand that it wasn't like the BBC, so therefore it wasn't funded. She she kind of thought it was fun. You can tell. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful. I'll see if I can find the clip and put the, the notes on. It's a wonderful example of somebody who just doesn't know what the hell she's talking about because she gets it spectacularly wrong. But also what we're really talking about is we're talking about a government wanting to sell off something because what it doesn't like is the Channel 4 News. Because the Channel 4 News has been very good over recent years at actually holding the government to account. And there we have it. In a nutshell, that's what we've got. It's the same reason why the culture war is out for the BBC. Now, slightly differently with the BBC, there is there is an element to the argument about the license fee. I stand very clearly on. Look, I'm I'm happy to pay the license fee. I would, if you wanted to to do the BBC in a different way, I'd pay for it because I think pound for pound, the BBC output is up there with anything else that I also currently pay for. So I've got no problem paying with uh, paying for the BBC. The Channel Four arguments a different level again because actually there's no cost there's no cost and if you look at the shows that channel four has made over the years particularly around moving drama forward in areas um where a lot of social change was coming anyway then channel four has been an absolute beacon of, of really great uh really great drama and um, really, really um, thought-provoking drama. Great, you know, great political stuff. Great documentary. Some really, really. It has a fantastic, a fantastic legacy. It doesn't cost us anything. Uh, it it does the things it's supposed to do as a public service broadcaster, uh, including piss off the government. Uh, hence the reason why they want to sell it. 
Wednesday. I mentioned last week that I'd had to dig out my checkbook. And the reason I'd had to dig out my checkbook was to write a check so I could include it in my application to be a member of the uh, Slowett and District Angling Club. Um, and the I got the response today. I got the uh, I'd, I'd sent a stamped addressed envelope. It was a wonderful, beautifully old school process. And I'd sent a stamped addressed uh, envelope and got my membership book back today. Um, which, I mean, just everything about this is beautifully old school because it was this little kind of. It's pink. It's um, it's got a, a sort of a, a relatively thick cardboard outer, and then it's all the club rules. Um, some some wonderful local advertising little ads that are a huge throwback to you know when i was when i was a kid and everybody advertised that way um and the list of club rules and the dates and all those kind of things and it was just it, it what i think it's just the fact that it's just like the it's from the time it's from the you know the 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 time that the world forgot or whatever it is or the world that time forgot or however whatever the phrase is it's just literally a frozen compartment in time because i feel like if i'd have joined this club 30 years ago the process would have been exactly the same the postage costs would have been different but nothing else about the process other than the fact i was able to download the application form online that would have been the only difference in the process and i remember uh, when i was growing up uh, and i grew up in a town called retford which is in north nottinghamshire and i remember uh, we were members of the retford little theater and i remember that the membership cards at the little theater were exactly the same size exactly the same format they used to have a joining evening you went down and you joined at that point I mean, you could join other ways but they, they had a joining evening and it was it was identical and thinking back the my membership card for the tennis club when i was growing up back home so we're talking you know we're talking late mid to late 80s here and that was exactly the same my membership card for the tennis club was virtually exactly the same as what i've got back from the fishing club and in one breath, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of like, well, shouldn't we have moved on a little bit? And in another breath, I think it's absolutely great. I, you know, if if there's no need to change the process, then don't change the process. I mean, the only thing about the, this that really is the bit that I think does maybe need updating is the payment options. But clearly the way it's run... The only way, I mean, of course, they could do some form of bank transfer. I think they've got a problem need to think about that moving forward. But I know even the even that bit of finding my checkbook actually strangely, strangely, I quite liked. So the the resolution of of last week's you know journey, the start of last week's journey, the resolution has been so life affirming uh to the point that i actually have sat down and i've read my little membership book and do you know what if it came on an email i wouldn't do that but because it's come in the form it's come i've actually sat and i've read it and i've even filled my details in on the back um and i can't i can't see me doing any of that for anything else so yes just wonderful just absolutely wonderful um aside from the fact as to whether i enjoy the fishing and all those kind of things just this bit of it's just been fab
Thursday. I took delivery of just short of 400 uh, football quarter zip training tops today. Um, And it, it comes as part of the dysfunctional family that is our local junior football club. So there's, there's as with everything local, I mean, local politics is just on its own in terms of complexity and the sheer scale and difference of opinion and how vociferous that opinion can sometimes be um, uh, extolled. Um, so there's been an ongoing debate for ages about football kit, but for whatever reason, and we finally got to a situation where we've managed to agree that we're going to bulk buy for the entire football club and start a cycle whereby we can every two years we can we can buy for the entire group in one go because that's the sensible thing to do and it makes it makes a lot of sense and it's practical and it's probably the most cost effective long term as well. So um, as part of that. Um, and to steal on the moment to achieve this, because there's always a bit of smoke and mirrors to get these things done at a local level. And if you've sat on any, any form of local committee, you'll know exactly what I mean and how beautifully quintessentially uh, English is this as well. Um, and I, I stole a march and when it was obvious there was a moment, got the order sorted and the stuff's, the stuff's arrived. So um, I lost... An hour and a half this afternoon, um, checking off the 300 and meh, the virtually 400 training tops to make sure that we got them right. And then obviously we'll now start the process of trying to match training tops to children over 10 age groups. So I've got from I've got every size option available from extra small youth to double XL adults. So that's the we are going to be kitting out, um, you know, thick end of 400 people in the village over the course of the next few weeks that. So it's ready for football for the next the next couple of seasons, um, and there's nothing to really learn from this. Um, I'm quite pleased we finally got through it. We've done something positive, but there's nothing really to learn from this other than I've just got 400 training tops in my garage, and I suppose it's just another example of a thing that I didn't necessarily expect to happen. You know, in my week, or certainly I knew it was going to happen this week, so I loved them. But last last week, I didn't expect to be talking to you about 400 training tops uh, in my garage. Friday. There's a reason this podcast is well named, um, and tonight's a great example of it. Um, because when I started, uh, I wasn't really feeling it, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, I didn't know which way it would go, um, and I'd written a few things down, and I didn't know which w- one of them I would use. And the one I thought I might use at some point in the middle uh, was about the fact that um, I don't like getting old, um, and I, and that's I mean that's for all the reasons that nobody likes getting old. It's the niggles. It's the it's the you know it's the fact that everything's stiff. I mean it's the fact you know I mean the running and the walking. I constantly know that I'm I'm taking exercise every day. You know, everything just feels to be hard work. The, the particularly, particularly this winter, I've just felt cold in in me more than I've ever felt in my life. I've always felt cold when I've gone out, and if my hands have got cold, my feet have got cold, that's fine. But I've just felt cold, actually, you know, to the core cold. 
um, in a way that I don't remember feeling when I was in my 30s and my 40s. And it's things like that that you just don't like. And there's always something that's a niggle and something. And, and, and you know, and I'm only, bloody hell, I'm only 51, but it's it's not going to get any better, is it? So, um, so I'm probably going to have to change some of my habits and take a little bit more care of myself. But the point is, I was going to really bang on about that for a few minutes, and I kind of don't want to. And, it, and I'm, so I'm not going to finish on that because... As I've gone through and recorded tonight, I've actually, my mood has lifted. The, the, tonight's, the recording of tonight's episode has done exactly what it says on the tin in terms of this thing. It's been cathartic and I can't explain to you why. I can't explain to you why the things I've talked about this evening has been cathartic for me, but I've got to hear and it has. And the thing I'm going to leave you with from today is something random beyond random. Well, actually, it's not right. It's just one of those lovely quirks of the way the human psyche works and the human mind works. I picked up Jack from school and we were walking home and we went to the sweet shop in the village. So we've got a great sweet shop in the village that is called the sweet shop. Brilliant. Love it. If you're going you know, to have a sweet shop, call it the sweet shop. And you go in and all the sweet jars are, are, are on a um, sort of round a, a, a wall and a half. Right, um, it's actually like a C shape, actually. But so she's she's put all these shelves in that are about six inches deep, whatever they are, and then all the jars are on that. And you go and you grab what you want and you take it to the counter, and she, you know, she sorts out what you want. Um, and that's brilliant because obviously the old way of sweets was, or, the, or you tended to be with sweet shops that everything was behind the counter and you asked and they got them off. You actually go and have a you physically go and you scour them like books almost, and then you pick the ones that you want and you you take them over and great, love it, already like it, already great. Um, I can argue the metric thing till I'm blue in the face about whether it should be in ounces or in grams, but do you know what? Just because I used to purchase an ounces when I was a kid and I like the idea of two ounces or four ounces or whatever whatever it might be, doesn't mean that we should be on that now. So it's fine that it's grams and ounces, and that that's fine, but. We went in and Jack picked what he wanted and I saw sweet cigarettes, right? Except they're not called sweet cigarettes anymore. They're called um, candy sticks now. Um, But it took me back to the first time I saw sweet cigarettes. And they were sweet cigarettes at that point in time, going back, um, in the format of you bought them by weight, because the first time I ever had them, they were in the cigarette packets. They were exactly what they were. The little packets that, you know, um, were were meant to look like cigarette packets where they were white sticks with a little red uh, tip on the end. And that's where I first came across sweet cigarettes. But the first place I saw them loose in a jar was the, um, it was the sweet shop that was just by the corner outside the high school in Redford, which was the Elizabethan High School. It's not there anymore. Um, and it was the upper site because when I went to high school, um, it was over two sites. So uh, the first couple of years at high school, so 11 through eleven through 13, you were at one site. And then the last few years at high school, uh, the last three years at high school, you were at the, the other site. And it was the upper, the upper site and there was the shop just across um, the, the way and... Obviously, did a roaring trade because it's right, right outside of the school. And by right outside, I mean 
20 feet from one of the main uh, entrances. And the thing about this shop was that we also used to go there. They used to do sandwiches, so we'd also go there and get a sandwich uh, for lunch as well. And uh, and I remember, distinctly remember, all the staff who worked there. Um, and to the point where, you know, even years afterwards, if I saw the people who worked there, you'd always say hello. You got to know them. You were seeing them once, twice, you know, um, a, a day. Um, and it, this little thing, this, it wasn't when I bought the sweet cigarettes. It was when I tasted, not the, the last, I'm sorry, candy sticks. It was when I tasted it. And the taste of it, because it hardly changed at all. I'd say they're probably a bit softer, but other than that, they're about the same. It took me right back to then. And the reason why we used to buy these is because they don't weigh a lot. So you'd get, for your however much they were, you got an absolute bagful. An absolute bagful. A, a, a bag of sweet cigarettes at school was literally, you literally couldn't close the paper bag. There were a few things that there was almost not enough room in the paper bag to get in the weight because the individual items were so were so light. And I don't know, just just for whatever reason, it, it took me back to that moment today. And it took me back particularly to the face of the woman who used to own this shop. And I've not thought about this woman in 30 years. 30 years plus. I mean, I left that school when I was 18. We did the sixth form college was within the school. So, but you know, it's 30 plus years since I even thought about the woman who used who you who used to run that shop and yet today's taking me back there. So it's just one of those lovely quirks of of kind of humanness, I guess. But at the same time, where I've where today's TFM's taken me as well. Um because before I started, I really didn't know um, where to, where it was going to go, and 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 I don't know. I just feel in a different place mentally now than I did thirty five, forty minutes ago when I actually sat down to do this. So thank you, TFM. Thank you, this. Thank you because of of, of what it means um, for me, and thank to the people who actually battle the way through it because it can never do for you. I don't think what it it does for me. Um, which means it doesn't matter if anybody listens to it or not, really. But to know that somebody is listening is takes it and, and puts it on a different level. If that makes if that makes any kind of any kind of sense, um, I'm not going to leave you with that though. What I'm going to leave you with is uh, I watched the new Kenneth Branagh, um, Agatha Christie, Death on the Nile, um, yesterday, um, and. It's utter nonsense, absolute utter nonsense. Um, but if you want two hours of utter nonsense, and if you're happy to suspend disbelief, and it's not actually as the first one he made, the uh, Murder on the Orient Express, is actually watchable as a thing, and he's 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 reasonably good as a piece of something. I mean, you know, just this this one's nothing like that. But you know, if you want to. If you want something for a couple of hours, maybe, I don't know, give it a try. Um, I've definitely changed my view on these things. We've spoken about that, that, that before. But, yeah, just yeah, give it a go. See what you, see what you think. Uh, I found myself chuckling and smiling all the way through it uh, because of the sheer absurdity of the whole thing. 
uh, and the fact that everything is signposted so far in advance that you that it's almost a surprise when it happens because you've actually you knew it was going to happen and it's been long enough that you've forgotten what you thought might happen and then it actually happens and it reminds you again. But anyway, with that, I will leave you. Have a good weekend. Uh, stay safe, and I will speak to you next week. <laughs>